play is Jack's grind set. That's right. We're a Riverdale recap podcast. And today we are talking about chapter 97 ghost stories by Janine Salinas Schoenberg directed by Gabriel Coria. Oh, hey buddy. Two in a row. Yeah. As Jughead says, gather round kitties. Yeah, we're getting right into it. We're gonna, we're gonna go. Jughead is uh, uh, pouring coffee, walking around the diner in his uh, uh, pop's server uniform while he is doing his direct-to-camera introduction. Yes. And it is time for him to introduce a ghost story. Well, actually, several ghost stories, the first of which is West Side Ghost Story. Yes. So uh, he lets us know that for as long as the serpents have existed, so did the ghoulies. And uh, this is the story about a serpent princess named Sandra who falls in love with a ghoulie prince named Daniel. They are a rumbling. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we we have a good West Side Story type of fight going on between the two. A lot less and, dancing and a lot more death. Yeah, because uh, Tony, uh, as people are getting like beaten, uh, mm-hmm. pulls out her, her knife and flicks it or throws it in the direction of who she wants to hit. At Darla Dickinson, of yeah. all people. Welcome back to the show, Darla. Uh, but instead of hitting Darla, she hits a young boy who we find out is Danny. Danny Dickinson. Yes, Darla's last remaining son. <laughs> Not no anymore. longer remaining. All gone. She's, all gone. She's fresh out of sons. Uh, let's remember those other sons where, you know... Dodger was not great, sure. There's Dodger. But he was hers, all the same. Her sons were named uh, Dodger, Bill, Fagan, because yes, there is a theme. I was right. And this new one, Danny. Danny. Danny doesn't fit. Like, where's that one come from? (laughs) What don't I know? Did Charles Dickens have a brother named Daniel? It's possible, but I don't want to spend that much time finding out. I want to know. One more Google. There, There is a politician named, from the 1800s. Named Daniel Dickinson. Yeah. No relation. No relation. Did he do anything? Did he murder someone? So, so, so Daniel Dickinson gets stabbed. Dead Danny Dickinson. And we're like, oh no, that's not good. <laughs> it's generally not good to kill people. <laughs> so and then we get three months later. And we're back in the present uh, as... As Tony is talking this over with, like, her therapist. Yes. Uh, uh, lamenting, quote, I was aiming to wound, not kill. Tony, that's the problem with throwing knives, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And so her therapist is like, well, have you thought of just, like, calling Darla up and being like, I'm sorry? And I'm like, you, do you know that Darla is, like, a convicted murderer? <laughs> And, like, a lot of crime. A lot of, like, stabbing and, and shredding. And I don't think you want to, like, call her. She tried to steal Christmas from all of the boys and girls of town. <laughs> Meanwhile, we go check in on Tab Tab and Jug Jug. 
No. No? No. Okay, then Jugatha. We go check in on Jugatha. Uh-huh. Tab-Tab's running off for her day. Mm-hmm. Gives Jug-Jug a little kiss goodbye. You can do this one solo. <laughs> uh, you know, tells him good luck with your writing today, sweetie. You know, please remember to hang up those pictures. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The end. Uh, then we... Go, what we're going to do is we're going to check in on everyone. That's what we do. Yeah. It's how every episode starts. So then we go check in on Reggie, who is at the car dealership. Mm-hmm. and Where he is full partner, just like he is in all of his other ventures. Yes. And so Veronica calls to check in on him. And, and he's feeling pretty down because his pops is sick. He's He's in the hospital and Reggie doesn't have time to check on him because he has so many jobs. Well, and also apparently his dad's not doing very well, and they're, they're like, yeah, I don't know if he should come today. Mm-hmm, it's a mm-hmm. rough day. Which I'm like, maybe that means he should go today. I don't... But then something picks up poor Reginald's spirits. Uh, someone drives in the lot with, with, with what car but Bella. The return of Bella. Bella's back in his life. And, uh... For the 20th anniversary <laughs> of Twilight. Reggie is so pumped. This guy's like, yeah, I wanted to get it appraised and then maybe sell it. And Reggie's like, I will give you twice whatever it's worth. Do not care. Give me your car. And he's like lovingly wiping it down, mm-hmm, basically mm-hmm. caressing it with smooches. It's Darla. I mean, it. <laughs> it's Bella. It's not. It's not the exact same individual car, but it's close enough that, that it's all coming back to him. Uh, so then he gets inside. He's just, like, have not seen Reggie smile this way since he had sex on top of money. So since last week. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he he looks to the side and you see a woman. Yeah, he's daydreaming. He's, like, feeling the wind in his hair. There's colors blurring by as he sits in a garage. And there's this mystery dream lady in the car and they're making eyes at each other. I'm going with a ghost. It might just be a ghost. Well, you've seen the end of the episode. Yes, it's a ghost. It's a ghost. I mean, this is also an episode that was titled Ghosts. Ghost stories. So plural. Many ghost stories. Before I even saw the rest of the episode, I was okay. like, that's a ghost. Okay. That's a fucking ghost. This seancical daydream is snapped uh, uh, by a phone call from Veronica. who Who's getting worried. And he's like, oh... Oh, I'm on my way home. I just got caught up in some paperwork. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Paperwork. Uh-huh. Okay. I mean, kind of. He had to, like, transfer plates and <laughs> registrations and whatnot. That takes some time. Uh, So we go back and check in on Tabitha coming home to find Jughead in the same spot. He is sitting in the same spot on the couch, still reading comic books after she's pulled however many hours she schedules herself for at work. And those pictures are still on the ground, not on the wall. And she's trying to not be annoyed, but decides to go over and, you know, hang the picture herself and smashes through the wall with the hammer. Yeah, just tears down that wall because Jughead is so engrossed in Savage Avengers. Uh, And they're like, oh man, it looks like, I think there's something behind here. Like, do you feel that draft? There's a draft. And they Which is f- never what you want to have happen when you knock a hole in a wall. And they find a hidden room full of ships in dusty old scotch bottles. The same scotch bottles that Jughead used to drink from. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Tabitha is completely creeped out by this all, but Jughead's like, you know what? This is a perfect writing nook. I mm-hmm. can put my desk right here. This yeah. would be so great. So so as that closes on an ominous note of home improvement, <laughs> over in Sweetwater River, a, a lady covered in black lace rises from the depths and walks past the Rivervale sign with its new slogan, perfect for a rainy stay. With a little picture of the river. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In the place of last week's uh, uh, Blossom and uh, Riverdale's Pops sponsorship. So I love this creepy swamp lady. Yeah. yeah. I called her the creepy swamp Victorian woman. Mm -hmm. Uh, I see that. Because anytime she appears, and especially when she runs in front of this sign, they have the best, like, horror soundtrack going. Mm -hmm. Like, ah! Type screams and shit. It's the creepy violins they use for spiders in nature documentaries. Yes. I love it. And she's... (laughs) Run, 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 run. Next in line is, of course, the Blossoms. So over in Thornhill, uh, uh, Cheryl is telling Nana about the recent harvest and how the the sap is just bursting through the trees. And practically drenching her. And there's so much of it that she has infused the brandy they are going to drink with that sap. So she and Nana toast their tiny little brandy glasses to Archie for his death, you know, bringing this bounty. Then Dagwood runs in and is yelling, Mommy has tried to take Juniper! To which Cheryl replies, What are you talking about, boy child? What we find uh, out is that Juniper is... In the bathroom, being drowned mm-hmm. by Victorian creepy ghost lady. Um, and Cheryl, like, rushes over there, she banging hears, on the door. She hears the splashing. She hears the screaming. She uh, feel, sees the water rushing under the door. And by the time she busts in, the, the veiled figure uh, has left. But Juniper is in such a state with huge bruises around her shoulders. It's not bruises. It's dirt. It's dirt? Might be a bruise. I think it looks like swampy dirt. Uh, yeah. There's something that's said later on that kind of implies it might be bruises, but it really just looks like swamp dirt. And we do later see this figure leaving uh, a residue, shall we say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we get the title card with creepy screams. Yeah. Uh, so when we come back, we uh, get Kevin chatting with Betty. In the teacher's lounge at school, and she is definitely naming her baby after a dead person. Yeah, because he's like, so are you thinking of names? And she's like, well, if it's a boy, Archie, of course, in honor of his late, her, you know, it's late father. Um, and then if it's a girl, she's thinking about Polly. So she just wants to name her child after dead people. Either way. There's a lot of dead people to choose from. I mean, aren't we all named after dead people? Most of us, anyway. There's a difference between having the same name as someone who has died and naming someone after someone who's dead. That's kind of why I respect people with weird names, because no one has been named that before. I kind of see that point. Yeah. Like the first person to be named Wendy after that name was invented for the Peter Pan book. Yeah. They are, however, interrupted by Cheryl rushing in and saying, Betty, I need your mom to take the twins. There's an evil water nymph stalking Thornhill. Does Betty remember this? No. At no point does she consider this to be a true fact. And uh, Cheryl's like, so you're going to tell your mom or me? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. she, just take the twins for a bit. Okay, okay. 
But like, they're just like, oh, okay, great, whatever. Over at Pops, though, uh, Tony is meeting with uh, their realtor and trying to get the straight dope on this secret walk-in closet. And what else aren't you telling me? Uh, and the realtor is like, oh, no, I told everything to your boyfriend, so I am legally covered. <laughs> what did you tell him? Oh, well, I told him about Sam and Diane. You know, the murder-suicide. Cheers got real dark in those later seasons. Is that our song? That's Jack and Diane. Jack and Diane. Two American kids yeah. growing up in the heartland. Yeah. Damn it. I was thinking that the whole time. I'm always thinking about John Cougar Mellencamp, who uh, is apparently kind of a jerk who likes to cut in line at the ATM. Oh. Is there ever a line at the ATM? Like, <laughs> why are you cutting the one person that's there? Uh, Tabitha's not very happy to hear this, let's just say. <laughs> She's not too down with this whole idea. She hates people who cut line at the ATM. <laughs> uh, so meanwhile, uh, Veronica is trying to reach Reggie. Well, she's with a client because Reggie was supposed to be there with them. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I'm at the hospital. There was an emergency with my dad. And as he's saying this, a giant bell goes off which we realize is the school bell because he's been working on bella of course in the only garage space available the auto shop class at school yep i guess and so veronica meets him there and she's like you know i thought you were having an affair i didn't think this does that mean betty is the only mechanic in rivervale yes okay all right uh and her students well they're getting there and so Reggie's sitting there in shop with a beer and his letterman jacket <laughs> and just talking about how like it's not it's not OG Bella, but it's Bella. It's audiobook Bella. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I had to bring her here. Like I had to get her purring again. And Veronica's like, you know, you don't have to sneak around by this. I get it. Bella needed some TLC, but you know, I need some TLC too sometimes. He's like, oh, I could arrange that. I have a crazy idea. And I'm like, they are going to do it right there on the tr front hood of his car. Not quite that crazy. They might have. <laughs> but we in, just didn't see it. But in some ways, dumber. Uh, so back at the haunted house, uh, Jughead has decorated this secret nook in, quote, a nautical Neil Gaiman theme, which is not a thing. Of all the things he's written, like, sailors ain't in there. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know, maybe Neil Gaiman needs to write a sea adventure. Ghost pirates. The, those, those water gods. Ghost pirates. Ghost pirates. Let's do some ghost pirates. I would read that shit so hard. <laughs> Come on. So Tabitha is uh, not very happy because she's <laughs> like, hey, so first you had time to put a door on your office, but you still haven't hung the pictures. And also, why didn't you tell me about Sam and Diane? <laughs> but it's okay. It's okay. Shh. Calm down. It's all like th this is how the process works. You know, I'm getting close to being able to write. And boy, I feel that. Man, <laughs> I am right with you, Jughead. <laughs> Well, and part of what he says is like, you know, well, you got excited about this place. I didn't think you'd want to know. And also I thought I could write about them. Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. seems like good inspiration is, you know, I get it. I want to be surrounded by murder-suicide too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It really just gets the juices flowing. <laughs> We're so 
is a bad way of How are your juices, dear? <laughs> Tell me what your juices are doing right now. I'm not surrounded by murder-suicide, so they're not great right now. You want to go on one of them uh, ghost tours? <laughs> yes. You want to have a, a cemetery picnic? Yes, actually. That's better than Bella. <laughs> what we uh, find out is, like, Jughead's been researching this couple. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he, he was a painter. Diane bludgeoned him with a hammer. And then hung herself. Yes. Tabitha's like, I'm not upset about the ghosts. She's upset that he hid something from her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But again, he's like, I'm close. I'm close to writing. This is going to be good. <laughs> I can do this. Tabitha doesn't buy it. No. No. Uh, so meanwhile, Betty goes to Tony because she's there about a case about some domestic violence. Uh, mm-hmm. There is a girl who who is a serpent uh, who has bruises on her shoulder. And they believe that she was, it was attempted drowning by her mother. This is where, like, the swamp. Yes. With the, yeah. And, um, and Betty sounds so surprised that, uh, uh, they, th- that this would lead to some sort of attempted murder charge. She's like, the FBI wants me to charge her with murder. Yeah. Can you believe it? You think? <laughs> so Betty's there to get Tony to talk to the mom. To see if the mom will admit anything about trying to kill her child to Tony. Yeah. Tony, like, it's like, you know, I know her. She wouldn't have done that. So she she goes in there. She's like, hey, I know you didn't try to drown Sandra. Like, what happened? And what happened was she was visited by the vengeful spirit of La Llorona. Yes. The weeping woman of uh, uh, Mexican folklore. Who preys on young children. Betty's like, yeah, no fucking way. <laughs> and I'm like, you're the one person that has already had someone come, like, rushing to you about, like, a vengeful spirit. Mm-hmm. Completely out of mind. Does not pay the slightest thought to, to the possible connection here. Nope. Uh, so over um, at Pops, outside in the parking lot, Veronica and Reggie are getting it on. Just like her daddy. Runs in the family. And then some football uh, students pull up in the car next to them and are like... Football students. They go to football school. (laughs) Football players slash Rivervale High students. Uh, And they're like, yeah! And Reggie's like, yeah! And Veronica's like, what the fuck? Because those are her football students from from her personal finance (laughs) class. Because even in Rivervale, she is a teacher, I guess. Reggie was so into it. He was like, yeah! These teenagers think I'm cool! Veronica is again on a hot streak for me because she was fun to watch last week, and this week I appreciate her behaving like a real person. (laughs) Who, as soon as they're spotted fooling around in public, says, okay, no, I'm done. Can't, no, thank you. And Reggie's like, what about dinner? We're getting it to go. Not just spotted, but spotted by people she has to see in the morning. (laughs) That night, Tabitha wakes from bed to hear Jughead typing away. He's pounding the keys, for God's sake. And she's very annoyed and is like, can you keep it down? And he doesn't answer. And she says it again and again. And that typewriter is hooked up to an amp or something. It is so fucking loud. (laughs) It's so fucking loud. It's apparently what my work keyboard sounds like all the time. I'm on work calls and people always say, like, I can hear your keyboard. And I'm like, (laughs) I don't know why. 
because I have the same computer as like everyone else and I never <laughs> hear anyone else's keyboards, but they're like, you must hit it so hard. And I'm like, no, I am not pounding those keys. <laughs> so as uh, her, her pleas uh, to, to her boyfriend go unanswered, uh, she sighs and picks up a hammer and brings it down into his skull. And then she wakes up from a dream. Hey, darling, do you ever dream about murdering me with a hammer? Not with a hammer. That would be too messy. Okay. All right. That's good. I'm much smarter criminal <laughs> in my dreams. <laughs> it's all the research through history, honeys. I love you. More and more people are saying that these days. <laughs> what? The whole true crime craze is going to, like, we're crowdsourcing the perfect murder. I mean, Yeah. Just just learn by watching. And all you really have to do is live a place where the cops don't care. So, you know, America. Yeah, exactly. Most other places as well. So she snaps awake and is like, what the fuck? What was that? The next morning, she is not in a better mood. <laughs> and she's coming into the bedroom to yell at Jughead for leaving the cap off the toothpaste. And he says it wasn't him. Like, the cat did it. You know, like, they, you don't have a cat, Jughead. She's like, of course it was you. And he's like, well, maybe it was the ghost that you woke me up about last night because you thought you heard something in the closet. And she snaps, I don't need any attitude right now. And if you're at the I don't need any attitude right now stage, a week <laughs> after you move in together, that's a bad sign. And so she storms off. Saying stuff about how it's a common decency to put the cap on the toothpaste. And I'm just like, why are you buying the toothpaste that has the cap that fully comes off? You oh, should you, you only, like the flippy top? You should only ever buy the toothpaste that has the flippy tops. One-handed toothpaste. <laughs> you should not have to use both hands to get to your toothpaste. In the 21st century, what are you thinking, two-handed toothpaste? Seriously, I cannot stand the ones that have unscrew tops. <laughs> Those are blasphemy. They should no longer be making those. Give me a little flip flip. It's the same thing like anytime you see like shampoo that doesn't like have like a pump. Oh, don't get me started on the pumpless shampoo. Ugh. These I, are things. I have pumpless shampoo. I get by. I have screw top toothpaste. <laughs> I don't understand you. <laughs> I gotta get special toothpaste for my bad mouth. That's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Veronica is like, hey, Reggie, I think we need to uh, talk about last night. Do you hate their house? I hate, I hate their, their house. house so much. It's Why so do they have so many candelabras on the wall as, like, decoration? At the Penbrook, too. They're, they're still at the Penbrook. You don't like candles. You know, they're the people who also unscrew their toothpaste. Every, they just like everything to be complicated. Everything's painted so dark. Why is it so dark? It used to be white in there and breezy. They had better light bulbs, honestly. <laughs> but uh, she is like, last night was uncomfortable for me. <laughs> well, yeah, those old cars, the seats go, don't go back far enough. And then we really throw it back with her saying, well, the last time I made out with someone in a car, it was Chuck. Like, talking about how he took advantage of her and everything. And I'm like... Seriously? I, just, I think you made out with Archie a few times since then. Yeah, there, there's a house rule that she's not allowed to talk about when she made out with Archie. Like, <laughs> that cannot at all be the last person she made out with in a car. If she ever talks about making out with Archie, Reggie will not be seen for a week. He'll just be crying and pumping iron. That's all he'll do. 
You probably had sex on top of a fire truck. I think that counts. Yeah, yeah, that's a car. That counts. Yeah. So Reggie's like, mm, you're jealous of Bella. That's what this <laughs> is. Veronica continues to say a few things, including calling his car stupid a few times. And he's like, uh-uh, the second time you've called my car stupid. No. <laughs> uh, but they, they, in a grumpy way, kind of agree, no more carscapades. No more carscapades. No more carscapades. They use the word carscapade. You think we're kidding, but we're not. No, that's exactly what they said. So over at Pops, uh, mm-hmm. Pops like, hey, Tab Tab, you okay? Because that's the third plate you've dropped. Now we can't afford the electric. And she's like, well, Grandpa, you don't believe in ghosts, right? And he's like, sure I do. <laughs> this diner was haunted by the ghost of a waitress. I believe in everything, Tabitha. <laughs> Have we spoken? Everything that happens around me is fucked to shit, Tabitha. Did you get what he said about the waitress, though, how she died? She died in a deep fryer accident. <laughs> so it was a deep fryer accident. And then... Jesus! He, and then he goes on to say, Well, Tabitha, you remember when we had those riots in the 1980s? <laughs> Windows were broken everywhere. Now, After that, no more incidents with the ghosts. In the current timeline, no, she would not. She would not have been born during the riots in the 1980s. I don't know. Maybe Jughead likes an older woman and she looks real good for her age, but I'm pretty sure. So, so this whole thing is like, this ghost used to haunt the diner from its fryer incident. Yeah. But then after these riots broke a lot of windows, it scared the ghosts away. (laughs) And they weren't haunted anymore. Tabitha's plan now is to just like hit a bunch of pots and pans and do bad karaoke or something. That's not her plan. She does nothing with this advice whatsoever. She she should, though. I think that would that have been so funny if she would have come home and been like, Hey, Jug, karaoke party in the living room. She does not do this visibly, but according to the plot, she's just rolling her eyes and saying, Sure, Gramps, and just leaves it be. Uh, so then we check in on Veronica, who is talking with her dear sister, Hermosa. Yes, Hermosa's back via telephone. And she is basically saying, you know, I think I think your lover boy is just having a little midlife crisis. Quarter life, Quarter please. life crisis. Um, she's like, let him play with his toys. Get him some fuzzy dice for it. It's fine. And this seems to put Veronica at ease. Like, oh, yes, quarter life crisis. I had one of those before my divorce. <laughs> I had one of those when I was 14. Get on my level, Reggie. Uh, so then we go check in on Tony. And Tony is becoming a folklore expert. She's hitting the books to learn all there is to know about La Llorona. There are three people in this episode that say La Llorona. And all of them commit a vastly different amount to the Spanish accent when pronouncing the Spanish words. Yes. Tony is all in. Like, I would not be surprised if, you know, she is, like, bilingual or at least really took her high school Spanish seriously. She subs that class a lot. (laughs) So Tony calls Betty and she's like, so is there in any universe where Lucinda's right about all this? And Betty says, no, this is the first I've ever heard about ghosts trying to drown people in town. The very first time. Betty. (laughs) Have you talked with your niece lately? 
Tony fills her in on how she's read a lot of different, you know, tales of of it. But but no matter what, the ghost is going for the oh, kids. Yes. Sometimes the kids. even unborn kids. Yes. Which is something that, that Betty is shocked and harrowed to learn. And Tony's like, no matter what, though, something bad is happening here. When is it not? Like, <laughs> she's like, none of the children are safe. When are they? Like, the children are, are always safe when performing a musical as long as they don't get to final bows. Yeah. That's when bad things happen. Yeah. Uh, so, so meanwhile, uh, Tabitha comes home to Jughead and he is so happy. He's like, you know, it took me all day, but I finally figured out how to get the ship in the bottle. (laughs) And he's so proud. Jughead is acting extremely divorced for a guy (laughs) with a girlfriend. Tabitha is not impressed. And she's quite frankly, very concerned. She's like, where did you get the scotch bottles? He's like, oh, I didn't drink it. I found these. These were empty. They were behind the liquor store. It's fine. They're behind the white worm. White worm. Which is where she works. Like, he he didn't, like, pop in and say hi? No. No. (laughs) I get it. They're two separate businesses, but it is one building. He was at her place of business. And and didn't come in, no. (laughs) Meanwhile, uh, Betty is asleep in bed. And And she is approached. In the dark, in her sleep, by La Llorona. Who places her hand on Belly's... On Belly's... On, <laughs> on Belly's Betty, yes. <laughs> on Betty's belly. There is tummy touching. And as Betty awakes with a start from this nightmare, she looks down and sees that there is a, a pond scum handprint. Which is why I said earlier that, like, yeah. I think Juniper had swamp scum on her and not immediate rapid onset bruising yes it would make sense that she had bruising later but swamp scum Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah back over at jughead and tabitha's uh tabitha finds that the milk has been left out which she is not happy about but we do need to pause about this milk carton this milk carton has a missing person posting for Archie Andrews. Set by his mother, Mary, with her phone number. Which has a Chicago area code. Very good attention to detail. Which makes me very yes. happy. Uh, this also says that he went missing on uh, September 15th of 2021. This is still the wrong time to be tapping your maple trees, Cheryl. We all know that it is around March... In New York. We all know this. Everyone in the world knows this. I have Googled this so many times because of the show. <laughs> and what I know is there's a certain temperature of thawing and freezing that you are supposed to do it within, mm, which is typically mm. March time in New York. So uh, Archie is officially 5'11", which means I am hotter than KJ Appa, ladies. KJ Appa is totally taller than that. Uh, he weighs 154 pounds all muscle, I guess. And his birthday is July 1st, 1995, which makes him 26 now. His birthday, the year changed. Yes. But the actual date has remained the same. He's always been born on July yeah. 1st. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they got his hair color right. It's red. <laughs> yeah, but it's not written in all caps, so I still don't <laughs> think it's quite correct. Uh, so, so Tabitha puts this milk carton away. As she's doing that, she finds a hammer in the fridge on top of the pizza. <laughs> and so she rolls her eyes and is so 
just frustrated and confused. What the fuck does Jughead think he's doing refrigerating hammers? So she goes to him and he's typing away. And when she talks to him, he turns around and he's like, it worked. My process. The words are just flowing out. He's written a nearly complete novella overnight. Uh, happy uh, NaNoWriMo, everybody. Uh, I hope you're keeping your word count because we're getting close to the end. Uh, and she's like, oh, that's that's great. I can't wait to read it. And he's like, oh, it'll be a little bit. I don't let anyone read my vomit drafts ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you'll be the first one to read it when it's ready. Don't quite have a moment, but she's less annoyed at him, kind of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there's, things are still tense. And Jughead's clueless. So Veronica visits Bella in in the school shop. Uh, with to put fuzzy dice. With a pair of fuzzy dice. Uh, and as she's wrapping them around the, the mirror, she knocks the sun visor and jostles it, which shakes out a picture. A picture that appears to be about 30 years old. Of a woman. The dream woman, or perhaps ghost woman. And she's like, Reggie, you lying cad. Because she immediately doesn't think about the fact that this picture looks fucking old. But instead is like, no, this is a new picture. My And it's got a little note on the back. Like, hey, if things are ever rough, you know how to find me. XOXO. She's like, you're having a fucking affair. So she goes strutting through school, determined to find Reggie to tear him apart. But bumps into Weatherby. Who sees this picture and is like, hey... Why do you have a picture of our old driver's ed instructor, Ms. Soprano? He's like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, you know, well, she was until those allegations. <laughs> and that what just was her first name again? Sort of hangs in the air saying so much while saying so little. Oh, her first name was Isabella. That was what it was. And Veronica just turns around and books it. Isabella Soprano, if you're curious because I was, is the name of an actual porn actress. Yep. If you look for her, you'll find a lot of links to various works. Yep. Uh, so meanwhile, in school, Tony is in class. Water starts dripping through the ceiling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so she rushes out of class and sees Victorian creepy ghost lady. La Llorona. Yeah, La Llorona. She, so she rushes out of class, and she sees, standing in the hallway, La Llorona. So it is time to act. And the actions she takes make no sense to me whatsoever. So she pulls the fire bell, which yes. makes everyone rush out of class while she is getting the axe, and then trying to push through the crowd of running children, trying to escape the not-existent fire, with an axe in her hand. Jostling them with the axe, yeah. Now, okay, I can kind of understand pulling the fire alarm to get all of the the students out if we think that the rules of La Llorona is like the age of legal majority. Yeah. If you're 17, you're still at risk. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the case, though. Yeah. But before she can get to her, she is gone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Kevin comes out of his classroom and is like, Tony, what the hell? Kevin lives at school now. We don't see him anywhere else anymore. No. Uh, except at sacrifices. Well, that was last week. He's moved in since then. <laughs> Betty is visiting Dr. Hurdle. Who says, how curious, Miss Cooper. In a way you never want your, your fucking obstetrician to talk. You are no longer pregnant. 
I feel like she would have noticed, but uh, the, the working theory is that this was one of those hysterical pregnancies that has such a psychosomatic effect that she still tested positive on a hormonal pregnancy test and had all of the other symptoms one might have. Yep. Sucks to be you. Uh, <laughs> the father of your quote-unquote child is dead. So uh, no more trying. You can't try again. Maybe you should have double-checked on that before. She doesn't seem regretful, even so. She no. seems concerned. She's upset about losing the baby. Does not think about losing Archie. No. Uh, so Betty calls Tony, and she's like, okay, I believe you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ghost. Ghost lady. Yep. Mm-hmm. Stealing children. Yep. So Tony obviously knows that. She's like, what's up? What happened? Something obviously happened if you suddenly are on board with this. She's like, oh, I'll tell you later. And Betty is at Pops getting mm-hmm. coffee. Uh, and Tabitha and her have a little chat. And she's like, oh, how's everything with you and Jughead? And she's sort of offering advice about, like, dealing with Jughead as if they dated recently. Like, people change over seven years. Yeah. I, d- I don't get this. I, I don't think Tabitha should put nearly as much weight into this as she does, is what I mean to say. Well, and Tabitha's like, oh, you know, living with a writer, it's, it's intense. I didn't realize that. Betty gives advice and says all these things, but she's like, oh, but it was always so fun reading those vomit drafts. Tabitha's like, oh. Oh, yeah. It's a, you you it's read a, those. It's a treat. I Oh, I love the vomit. Can't get enough vomit. You know me. <laughs> Yeah, you know, he always wanted me to read them early on, right away, before they changed. Tabitha is so pissed off. Uh, so not happy about not being involved in the vomit. Uh-huh, absolutely the same. Yeah, you want me to pour this coffee down your dress? Right now? <laughs> uh, so meanwhile, you go check, on, check in on Tony, who has a visit from Janet. I don't remember her last name. The social services lady. Yeah, I, we never call her Janet, but in this episode they call her Janet. And I'm like, that's not your name. And she's following up on a wellness check. They had a report that that uh, little Anthony wasn't being properly cared for. And Tony's like, what the fuck is this? What are you doing here? Was it Kevin? <laughs> and I'm like, what the What fu- happened with Kevin? What does Kevin have out for you? Do you think this is some, like, jealous, like... I'm no longer involved in his life, so I'm going to, like, make your life's hell thing? Kevin's just sad. He's not vengeful. He's not cruel. Only to himself. He would do this to himself. Yeah, he would call himself in and be like, (laughs) I am awful. Arrest me. Uh, the camera during this conversation is cutting between them and little baby Anthony in his crib sleeping soundly. And his crib has a cute little cartoon snake painted on it. Snake. It's adorable. Snake. He got your snake. Yeah, he will be the serpent king one day. He just can't wait to be king. Uh, and then, uh, la, um. My Sharona. <laughs> words to the song and I was like that song's not the same thing running down the length of my thigh Yorona <laughs> so she appears baby Anthony screams and mm-hmm. they rush in and she is no longer there baby Anthony is laying in a pool of water on the floor the social worker is surprised to see this and uh, uh, Tony of course is mortified but let's just take a breath look at this rationally the social worker saw you sp- respond to a crisis immediately and competently. This is a this is a win. I think you did a good job. 
She must have, because, like, she didn't take the baby. <laughs> she let her keep her baby. Reggie uh, walks into the shop mm-hmm. uh, as he's saying, like, oh, hey, Veronica, I got your call. And what he sees is Bella destroyed. Just wrecked. Veronica has been slamming a wrench all over this thing, it, it, is, it appears. And she goes off on Reggie that she knows who Bella is, Isabella Soprano, and she will not let him romanticize an inappropriate relationship because she knows what she was doing with all those students was abuse. So we acknowledge, so we acknowledge that a teacher-student relationship would be abuse and also that it would shape one of these uh, uh, teenage boys for years to come. They're they're listening. They're listening. Still not going to address the one, but... (laughs) We are, though, sideways because... There's the the added uh, aspect of the the Reggie Archie parallels that keep coming up, and like this is yet another thing where uh, Reggie is living in Archie's shadow. Archie fucked a teacher first. Well, and what Reggie says is, we never did anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, apparently, for him, Isabella Soprano was the one person he told about the abuse that was going on in his home. Mm-hmm. And was a supportive adult figure for him through his youth. I'm going to say the XOXO is still a little inappropriate all the same. I'm I'm going to go with she was grooming him mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for that. Um, but he does not see it that way and it didn't happen that way for him. Boy, you just wait till you're in a better living situation and I'm going to fuck your brains out. Reggie like has this breakdown and Veronica's like, oh, it's just a car. And what we find out is that he just got back from the hospital and his dad died 20 minutes ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's more than just the car. Yeah. Yeah, things get heavy a bit for a while. So we jump away before that sets in too much to learn that ghosts like to travel in straight lines. Because Betty is there with a map showing Fangs and Tony the path that this creepy ghost lady has taken. So there is apparently a straight beeline from uh, uh, some point in the river to Thornhill to every place in succession the ghost has been all the way to Tony and Fangs' house. Yes. So Tony believes that baby Anthony was her target all along. She just has this mother suspicion. And so she tells Fangs to take baby Anthony to the White Worm and surround him with serpents. To fight ghosts. Yes. (laughs) They're going to kick ghost ass. Well, she and Betty go visit Cheryl because Cheryl is the only one she knows who can channel the spirits. I like that in Rivervale, that's just known. Everybody knows she's a fucking wicked witch. Yeah. Veronica and Reggie are at home just having a little little moment of like, okay, tomorrow we're going to go to the funeral home. We'll finalize things. Papa Mantle is getting so much more grief than Archie did. Yeah. Which is to say any at all. No Ever? one cares that no. Archie's dead. No one talks about it. No one thinks about it. It's like, it. thanks, Archie Toast. Yeah. We've had a toast to Archie and a promise to name a son after him who doesn't exist. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's it. Uh, so Veronica also has a surprise for Reggie, which is some keys to a 1969 Camaro. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and she apparently has had this for him, I guess. 
that's worth at least two Glamourge eggs, which is to say she's good for it. Yeah. She was like, well, I didn't know if I should give this to you now, but it seemed like you might need a pick-me-up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, where they are in their relationship right now is just very weird. It's very strange. If it weren't for all of his various uh, high-paying jobs, I would think Reggie is a sugar baby. Yeah, but right? like, he could totally not. And like, <laughs> just, I mean, he was like ready to walk on her last episode. Mm-hmm. And everything through this was like, are you leaving? Are you leaving her? It's hard to leave the 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 person you're living with and in two of your three businesses with while you're bar- burying the your father who is part of your third business. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's just too much. So over at Thornhill, we are having a good old seance with... It's Cheryl, Nana, Betty, and Tony, and all of them are sitting around a table with two hands holding this cord. Uh, I I just love the way they jump into the seance. They don't really uh, introduce it or lay down the rules. We are just expected to recognize that if anyone lets go of this cord, uh, the, the connection is broken and it's all for naught. Yeah. They just present it and you have to catch up. Uh, and so Cheryl does the whole, you know, we're calling on the spirit, blah, 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 blah. Cheryl is leading the seance, but Nana Rose is absolutely carrying it. Oh, yeah. And that is a note I wrote even before La Yorona possesses her to answer Cheryl's questions. Yes. And so Nana Rose is possessed, and we find out that the spirit's name is Martha Milan. Mm-hmm. And she was employed as a nurse in the uh, city's first hospital. The very early days of Rivervale, she she worked in sort of like the pediatric unit. The early hungry years where we lost many a babe to the pox and the incompetent doctors. And the cold. And the cold. And so, yeah, she she was essentially the, the town scapegoat for all the dead kids of yes. Rivervale. Uh, and not only a scapegoat for like, I don't know, a professional incompetence, but accused of witchcraft. And so the town folk dragged her and her own children to the river, weighed them down with rocks, and threw them in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And because of all this, she is cursed. Cursed to become a La Llorona. Traditionally, La Llorona is the spirit of a woman who drowned her children, either in a fit of, of rage or madness, or because she feared they weren't really her children. Yeah. Many variants on this tragic story, but the important thing is usually that she survives to be maddened with grief, rather than the whole family is executed by, by a pitchfork and torch mob. Well, we'll change there. Yeah. Uh, and so then Nana starts drowning in water. She, yeah, yeah, she's just gulping and gasping. Uh, and Cheryl keeps pushing for it to continue as, like, Betty and Tony are like, she's dying! <laughs> and then she's like, no, tell me more! Who summoned you? And what we find out is Darla Dickinson. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Betty's like, why does that name sound so familiar? This is River Vale. She wasn't there for all the other stuff. Tony's like, oh, that's the name of the woman whose son I killed. And I was like, so I guess in Rivervale, we have no other history with this woman. She did not destroy Thanksgiving in Rivervale. <laughs> she did not capture the governor in Rivervale. <laughs> like, oh, who's this person? Oh, I just killed her son, you know. So, so meanwhile, mm-hmm. uh, Jughead comes home. This is my favorite scene. I love this scene. God, I love Tabitha in this scene. I love Tabitha in this whole episode, but this, oh my God. 
Uh, so Jughead comes in carrying a box of uh, bottles mm-hmm. filled with liquor. He loves to build ships now. <laughs> it's like his Gundam. It's it's become a part of his writing process yeah. is to build ships and bottles. Tabitha is um, enjoying some of her own scotch. Yeah. And uh, reading his draft. Mm-hmm. And she reads out the section that says, she doesn't understand me. She doesn't have an artist's soul. Jughead is just shocked because he's like you broke into my desk and you took my novel Mm -hmm. it's like that's a breach of trust and tabitha goes off on him this angry spiteful wasted tirade like she has been uh uh making lots of uh uh empty bottles waiting for ships yes and all of it's about like how well, you wrote this and this is all about us. And he's like, it's not about us. It's about Sam and Diane. My favorite line just from the delivery is like, okay, they're, they're arguing about the story and who the story's really about and what happens in the story. And so Tabitha says, I'll tell you why she kills him. <laughs> like, oh shit. Oh shit, Jughead, you're fucked. Oh God. She's kills him because she's sick of supporting him (laughs) and then she notices all the scotch in the bottles and he's like well it's not for drinking it's for the ships i bought it and i was gonna pour it out and that just makes her even more pissed because he's wasting money she has a point there's cheaper ways to get glass bottles you can buy empties what was wrong with recycling from the white worm Tony just goes even off more and she starts chucking the ships in the bottles Mm -hmm. at his feet. (laughs) Multiples just breaking them and breaking them. And then she grabs his typewriter Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and she chucks it. He drops to the ground and he's like, how could you? That was a gift from Betty. And that's what just sets her right off. Because like, oh, you want to talk about Betty? How about I talk about my new friend, the hammer, the well-refrigerated hammer. But then she looks and she sees in the mirror, not herself, but the ghost of Diane. This whole time, right, we're t- we got a frustrated writer who's in a haunted place. You're expecting The Shining. Mm-hmm. It's a reverse shining. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so good. And so she drops the hammer, just sinks down to the ground with him, and is like, we're not like them. It's that, you know, made a promise we would work through things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's like, I love you. I'm sorry. And he's like, did you just say you love me? We apparently haven't gotten to that stage, even though I was pretty <laughs> sure they bought a house together. They did. <laughs> And he's like, well, I love you too. And I'm like, I'm really glad we're having this conversation. (laughs) I didn't know we didn't have this conversation already. (laughs) Um, And so then they smooch. And then the door slams shut behind them. And they're like, what? Are the ghosts leaving? Are ghosts real now? (laughs) Yes, I think they are. And so... Tabitha, without meaning to, used her grandpa's advice Mm -hmm. in making a ruckus and scaring off the ghosts. See, the ghosts weren't scared of the riots from all the noise. They just found it emotionally uncomfortable. It was like a real tense situation that they did not want to be a part of. I just just want to chill in like a calm place and this is really messing with my ghost vibes. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. 
If I wanted Jerry Springer, I'd like watch that. <laughs> Betty and Tony go to see Darla at the graveyard. Yes. Because they like knew she was going to be there. At the gigantic family plot that it's huge and there's a lot of names on it. Tony's like, I'm sorry about Danny. And she's like, you know how many sons I've buried? Danny was my last one. As you can see from this grave. <laughs> if, if things haven't changed too much from the other town, you've buried three previous sons. So they're like, you need to call her off. We know you called her. She's like, there's no stopping her until Anthony is dead. If this ghost is going around killing kids, that seems like a bad way to deal with false accusations of killing right? kids. Starting to think this ghost isn't the most logical thing. Especially because there's nothing that's said about how, like, and now I'm seeking my revenge on the descendants of the town folks or something. Like, or, if we like, went... I have become what they, they made me. So, yeah, there's, like, none of that. No. Like, she totally recognizes that this is awful. <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do. The, the soul is bound to kill children. Um, and so they, they tell Darlo, like, well, baby Anthony has 50 serpents guarding him. And she's like, well, you're a mother. Would you let 50 men stop you between you and your baby? And she's like, no. And she's like, no. Well, you don't even have ghost powers. So what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> and so they rush off to the white worm where they find all the boys very wet and Just very much on the ground. Just wet and unconscious and, like... <laughs> Fangs sputters awake and coughs out a, a whole lot of water. And they're like, where did she go? And he's like, sweet water. And I'm like, how would he know? You're probably unconscious. Did she, like, tell you before she, like, choked you? Like, I'm taking this baby to the river. Well, he had a lot of time to, to think and use his detective instincts to, to determine where would anyone drown anyone in this town. River. Uh, probably the place where a lot of people have drowned. Yeah. Uh, so meanwhile, Jughead is boarding up their extra room. No more Nook. I don't really understand this. You're, the ghosts are gone. We said goodbye to the Nook. Why, it, was, it, was a bad, it was a bad Nook. I think it's a fine Nook. You've, you've, the spirits are gone. Hey, hey, hey. They got rid of Diane. Sam is still around here somewhere. Just put a lot of plants in there. It'll be fine. <laughs> and so Tabitha's all like, well, you know, do you think that it was the ghosts or was it us fighting? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he's like, well, maybe a bit of both. We survived. So they talk about having their first big fight and how now they're past it. And they, they've uh, survived one challenge to their relationship. And Jughead says, maybe that's what love is. Just overcoming challenges. And I'm just here like, okay. Love is like American gladiators. I have a hard time with this too because I'm also like, okay, I, I'm, I love my Jugatha. But it's not supposed to be throwing ships in bottles and typewriters. They were haunted by ghosts. You still don't attempt to possibly kill someone. Just saying, maybe they need a little therapy for their relationship. There aren't real sailors on those ships. Everybody's fine. Where do you think Sam is? He's in the ships? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, his little ghost is trapped. Well, he's already dead, so he's fine. Well, now he's free to go chase after the wife that killed him. That's why it's the Neil Gaiman ghosty pirates. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, so meanwhile, Reggie gets in uh, his new car. Uh, and as he's like getting situated, he, he realizes something's sticking out of the visor. 
Mm-hmm. And it's the picture. Yeah. Veronica has put the picture in the car. How are they having a more functional relationship than most people these days? <laughs> but then he looks in the mirror. And who's back there but the ghost of Isabella Rossellini. Which is kind of creepy. Yeah. And Reggie's way too happy to see her. <laughs> he loves his hot ghost babe. So Betty and Tony rush to the river. And they see La Llorona standing at water's edge, cradling baby Anthony about to step inside and drown the boy. And Tony's like, no, he's innocent. And she's like, no one is innocent. If anyone is, it would be the infant. Yes. I should think. She's like, I can't return without the babe. And so then Tony's like, well, you know, you could give me your suffering and then you could be free. And like, we could like trade. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she offers to take on an eternity of suffering uh, so that her, her son might live. And that's motherhood to me. <laughs> and so she's like, yeah, okay. And so she... <laughs> I, that's my favorite line of La Llorona. <laughs> yeah, okay. And so she hands over the baby. And Tony gives it to Betty and is like, take care of my son. And then the ghost jumps into Tony. And mm-hmm. Tony is now... Swampy ghost thing. She's She's got uh, the, the spooky, milky eyes. Uh, she's covered in all the same black veils. And uh, La Llorona, nurse edition, is nowhere to be seen. Hopefully, you know, crossed over peacefully. And so Betty is standing there holding the baby. And then the... She the, wanted a baby so fucking bad. She brought got, up adoption. You got it. There you go. And so then the camera pans to behind her shoulder and Jughead's there. Wearing his Carhartt jacket that I guess he has now? And he's like, is there a better word for motherhood than sacrifice? Some people stick with motherhood, but okay. He says something about like Sweetwater River or the river sticks, if you will. Mm -hmm. Which explains the fucking pylon standing out of this (laughs) river that I was like, what the fuck are those? The, the river sticks does have sticks, I guess. Giant sticks! Why? I don't know. Also, the band Sticks is in the river. Yeah. It's a, it's a triple threat. Oh. One of the threats is someone making you listen to Sticks. It's uh, very haunted by the sticks. And that is the end of our episode. I do enjoy that narrator Jughead owns clothes that actual Jughead doesn't. I enjoy the energy behind narrator Jughead and all this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's so good. And like those fun shots of how he just like pans into a new place or behind a shoulder or whatever. This episode is is pretty good. It's pretty it's good. It's not as good as the last one. No. and It's got some weird relationship stuff going on that I'm like, that's not healthy. The reason I put last week's uh, uh, well, well above this week's is because... It was all one single united plot that that came to a point in such a satisfying way that yes. paid off a lot of things that are very honest to these characters, even if they are slightly new takes on these characters. Yeah. Whilst this one is a handful of different stories that happen to involve their own ghosts, and they're they're all generally good, but it doesn't have that really satisfying setup payoff. Yes. And I also have issues with these are not healthy relationships, (laughs) which when in Riverdale is it? But this one just feels very like off in a lot of ways. (laughs) There's like a lot of red flags going on, Mm -hmm. but it is Rivervale where they just killed Archie and no one gives a shit. So like, (laughs) who am I to complain? That's the most off feeling thing. That's, That's the most like, what, what, what? 
Everyone in town hangs off this dude's every word. Half of you have slept with him. No one cares. Whatever. <laughs> I believe that in a twisted, fucked up horror story, Betty could be convinced to sacrifice Archie to have his perfect son so that he would always be, be with her in spirit. But as soon as that's no longer the case, she doesn't have, like, second thoughts. She does isn't immediately going for take-backsies. No. Like, come on now. Come on. So, I mean, something maybe, is fucking weird going maybe, on. Maybe she will in maybe. the next episode. Maybe it hasn't sunk in yet. She did just <laughs> lose, you know, mini-me. She just found out she never had mini-me, which is a minor yet well. important distinction. That's what they're saying, but it's also implied mm-hmm, that, that... That an embryo got out of her. Yeah, it just knew through the belly button. With no medical evidence. Yeah. Just ghost evidence. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a ghost. Like, what's going to be left behind? <laughs> Magical but, shit. Like, come on. Doing ghost shit. I love you. <laughs> I love Pop. Yeah, I yeah. I love Pop and being like, yeah, I believe in ghosts. And you know that riot? Like, please can people just ask Pop about shit more often and have him just say, like, some other riot that Riverdale experienced? Like, Mm -hmm. he's the reason we know that the angel of death came to Riverdale. That was a Pop Tate line. Uh huh. And they've been riding that for five seasons. This man has seen riots, the angel of death. People shot in his parking lot. He met... People shot inside. He met Satan in a tie-in comic. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) I don't even know what to predict. Well, like we said, Betty is going to do something terrible to get either her embryo or Archie back. Maybe both. Yeah. She's going to do something awful. So she's going to dig up his body Mm -hmm. and then present it to Dr. Curdle. And be like, can you harvest some things? <laughs> some little swimmers? Oh my goodness. Next prediction. Every episode of Rivervale, someone dies at the end. Oh yeah. We're going to narrow, like we're going to slowly get rid of the whole cast. Tom Keller, you're next. No. It's got to be like one of the older generation just to break the pattern, right? He's the last remaining one of the hot dad squad. That's why he's got to go. But yeah, no, I was. that's... As soon as Tony was gone, I was like, oh. This is a thing. Yeah. So what, we have... And then there were none. Three episodes left? Yep. Who do you think's going to remain? Cheryl. Cheryl. Either Cheryl remains or Cheryl is fifth. Mmm. Interesting. I think too much narrative stuff is hanging on Betty, Jughead, Tabitha, Veronica, and Reggie. Mm Mm-hmm. For now, at least. At least for next week, I think they all have plot immunity. But that leaves Kevin... That leaves Fangs. Fangs would have to do something for his death to be meaningful. So I feel like he has the opposite of plot armor. It would be too boring to kill him. He's not too important. He's too unimportant. Kind of the same with Kevin. Yeah. Kevin hasn't had anything to do except make phone calls. But they love making Kevin suffer so much. They do. They do. They do. Could be Waldo. Waldo. Could be Nana. And, like, the last Ooh. restraint on Ooh. Cheryl is gone. Is that when we get Sabrina? Mm. That's that when she summons Sabrina is when Nana's gone and she's like, no, we have to bring Nana back? Also, I think one of these Rivervale episodes uh, is going to be about the twins worshipping their pagan harvest god. Yes! 
that that you know is fed by the the blood of adults. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Um, are they finally gonna levitate again? Well, yeah, in in that one, yeah. Because I need them to levitate again. <laughs> I need us to acknowledge. I like the fact that I mean they they are definitely weird little spiritual spiritual children mm-hmm. because Dagwood knew that Juniper was being drowned by a ghost and the door was locked. Yes, he like knew there was a ghost in there. His first thought was, "What ghost would be trying to kill my sister?" Mommy. Mom. Yeah, yeah, that's the sort of ghost mom would be. What if they've been trying to summon her? Mmm. Oh, I like that. I like the idea. That they've been trying to get mommy back because Aunt Cheryl sucks. They've been sneaking into the attic to read the summoning books and have been trying to get mommy back. Aunt Cheryl doesn't have Nintendo. This fucking blows. We got to get out of here. Yeah, we didn't have any of her little school anime children in this episode that was kind of weird i guess this one's the weekend i guess well that's enough about what we think might happen let's talk about what we know is coming at us next week november 30th with chapter 98 mr cypher mr cypher is the name of a song by bud tribe a metal band that might be a coincidence because it seems real niche for this show (laughs) and so what do we know satan satan's coming the devil himself is coming to Riverdale, and he looks like John Constantine's dad who drives a BMW? Yeah. Yeah, that's what Satan looks like on this show. Uh, and there's things said in the trailer like, goes by many names, and that guy is the devil. <laughs> uh, Jughead, Jughead offers to make a deal, but we see Kevin signing a contract for his soul? Yes! Oh my gosh, this contract is amazing. While TBK offers to show his face. It's the return of TBK. His, his new face. Yeah. Um, Veronica's also talking to someone who looks like Nick St. Clair. I think. I think, I think it's, it's Nick St. Clair. Uh, asking Nick if he would sell his soul for her. No. So I'm guessing Pops will be reunited with the devil. Be like, yep, that's him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's him. That's, that, that's the guy that uh, keeps this place in business. What if, like, Pop signed a contract years ago to keep, you know, the restaurant going? That's exactly what that story in the tie-in comic is, yes. Yeah, that's what it, That's what this is. That's mm-hmm. what it's going to be, and then he's coming back to collect. And they all got to fight for Pop Tate's soul. <laughs> that's why everyone's so eager to, like, sign off theirs, is they're mm-hmm. trying to, like, trick him and, like, figure out, okay, how do we, like, get in so we can, like, get his back? The easiest play is to have Reggie do it, because as we all know... Reggie has no soul, so you're not losing anything. Thank you all for joining us for yet another week, yet another episode. We are 40, we're 40% through with Rivervale, believe it or not. What the hell? That's how a limited series goes, baby. Yeah. So, uh, if you like what you're hearing, Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. could leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to our podcast. And happy Thanksgiving to all the Americans out there. So now's a great time to tell your friends and family. I mean, you're probably not listening to this on release day because... You might actually be listening to it on release day because what else are you going to (laughs) do? You need a distraction from your family. What are you going to do? Watch football? (laughs) Exactly. That's exactly what I'm thinking. You can also follow us on Twitter at sucks underscore Archie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You talked about ratings. You talked about talking to people. I got nothing left to talk about. Whoa! So with that, I'm Elena. I'm Grant. And from us here at Sex Archie... Gather round, kitties. <laughs>